episode of the anti-social show my name is hunter block i'm tyson saner yes yes so how are you doing tonight sir i'm all right how are you i'm doing fine except for you know we just had a uh blizzard i mean kind of crazy uh kind of crazy weekend but uh seems to be a little bit more quieter now so yeah i saw so when i saw the news on uh saturday night that there was snow all over the country what night did you get the uh snow that you're that you're or what night or nights did you – what's it looking like over there? Um, well, pretty clear right now. I mean, there's obviously a lot of snow still on the ground. It started uh, falling around 7 o'clock Saturday morning and didn't uh, didn't tamper off until about 8 o'clock that night, and it left about 5 to 6 inches. Of snay? Huh? Of snay? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, uh, the white gold, as the snowplowers might call it. <laughs> And on other days, nay snay. Yes, that 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 white gold, that uh, Texas tea, so to speak. But uh, yeah, it did leave some snow on the ground, and, and now it looks like a uh, winter wonderland, which um, could be kind of uh, chaotic for me, you know, uh, as far as like you know, job wise. I mean, I don't oh, yeah. really care for the snow anymore. No, you actually have to drive out in that shit, don't you? Yeah, I was actually out there and in it and um you know a lot of employees like to take that time to try to call off or you know and it just becomes or they can't come in you know and then it becomes a major problem so would you say that the weather outside is frightful oh absolutely the weather outside is frightful but in here it's so delightful and if you know one you know you Texaho, Texaho, Texaho. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, I, I remember uh, when there were Texaho gas stations everywhere across the nation. They really had Texaho gas stations? No, no, no. It's uh, oh, just, oh. I'm just yes-anding the joke. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> I'm, I'm extending the nonsense of the universe. Yes, yes. Definitely a lot of... Hey, did you... um? I heard this yesterday, and not to not to change subject from the weather to the to the you know to this, but I mean, uh, I thought it was uh, a really awesome uh, tribute. But did you know that the Cinnabon uh, company actually paid a uh, really awesome tribute to the late great uh, Carrie Fisher? You know, I did not, but you bring it up, and I already have a visual in my head. So please continue. Well, they took their they took their buns, and I think uh, they I, they made it like a uh, they I guess put it to the likeness of Carrie Fisher, and the slogan for this is she had the best buns in the galaxy. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so that's that's that was, that's what, that was that's what, their that was their uh, tribute uh, to Princess Leia. Uh, very awesome. So I mean, you know, people love Star Wars. People love you know Cinnabons, and you know. I mean, she, she, you know, in that universe, I guess you'd have, like, the, the nicest buns in the galaxy. I don't know, you know, if you're comparing buns or whatever. Sure. I mean, I remember when, uh, <clears throat> did you ever see a little uh, short film called Hardware Wars? I did not. It is a, well, it's a spoof of Star Wars that came out in, um, gosh, a long-ass time ago. I'm going to have to look that up now. But at any rate, there was a creature in there. Sorry, there was a creature in there. There was uh, the parody, in the parody version uh um, the Princess Leia character, whose name I can't remember at this moment, um, had actual cinnamon rolls on her head, I believe. 
persimmon buns, as people call them. <laughs> I will definitely check that out. I mean, the only, uh, I mean, if it came out during, I mean, the only spoof I, I saw to like Star Wars was um, Spaceballs. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this one came out. Uh, it's a short film parody. <laughs> it's a teacher trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's 13 minutes long. It was, came out in 1978. Okay, so let's see. The names of the characters. Uh, let's see. Okay, so Luke Skywalker is Fluke Starbucker. Right. <laughs> Obi-Wan, <laughs> Obi-Wan Ken- Kenobi is Augie Ben Doggy. <laughs> I like it already. Um. Oh, her the uh, princess lady. Her name is Princess. It's Princess Anne A N N E hyphen Droid. So it's Princess Android. Princess Android. That's 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 awesome. <laughs> right. And then there's um, R two D two is called Artie Deco. Artie Deco. There you go. And the C three PO looks like the Tin Man pretty much, and is called Four Q two. Uh, meanwhile, the um, well, the the oh, uh, <laughs> Chuchilla, it's Chuchilla, the Wookiee. <laughs> it's Chuchilla. Sorry, I was going to say Chewbacca. Meanwhile, the Wookiee type character is called Chuchilla and looks basically like Cookie Monster from Sesame Street, except like orange or dark oh, orange or brown. Badass. So it's kind of like a uh, cross between Chewbacca and the Cookie Monster. If those two were to like spawn a child, basically. Essentially, yeah. And then Han Solo is called Ham Salad. Ham Salad. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so years ago, this, this little short film wound up on video cassette tape in a, comp, in a collection or compilation, probably because they couldn't, uh, in good conscience, sell a videotape with one with 13 minutes on it for the prices the videotapes are going for. But who knows? Maybe it's some other thing. But they included... Um, the tape inclu- was featured Hardware Wars and also included a, uh, a thing called Closet Cases of the Nerd Kind, which was a Close Encounters parody. Okay. Okay, yeah. It, Another that was actually, movie, by the way. That one actually was made in 1980, so it was slightly later, but bundled together. And that was a 12-minute long thing. And then um, there was uh, one called Porklips Now. And what's that a parody of? Uh, Apocalypse Now. Oh, Apocalypse Now. Okay, gotcha. And another uh, another great movie, by the way. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Apocalypse. You know, what's funny is that I had seen um, I had seen Star Wars and Close Encounters by the time I saw Hardware Wars, but I'd never seen Apocalypse Now. And then I saw it much later and laughed inappropriately because I was <laughs> remembering the funny, like the stuff in Apocalypse Now started to make sense. I started to get the jokes. Well, but it was. You know what's funny yeah. about, like, you know, laughing at the wrong time, right? Is uh, I think that, that people do tend to um, have those moments. Uh, your moment, obviously, was you were watching Apocalypse Now, and you, you laughed because of something else, right? Entirely, right? right, 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 right. Yeah, absolutely. So my, my moment of uh, almost inappropriately laughing and losing my shit was... I had this uh, back when I was like way young. Had this watch where it talked and also um, it made this rooster sound for um, for the alarm clock, right? Okay. So this this older guy I was showing it to, he was like, "Oh yeah, I had one of those watches." So it was kind of like you know we were laughing about it. Well, unfortunately, the man passed away, right? Oh no. Yeah. So a great guy, by the way. so I was at his wake, and there's a part. Oh yeah, here's the funny. This is why this 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 moment was funny because he said he was at a funeral, right? Okay. Or a wake, or no, I think it was the wake, and everyone you know bows their head, and you know everyone's like silent and shit, and mm-hmm. that watch went off, right? Right. And everyone's looking at him, so that that part made the this is this is the part that's gonna make it funny because now I'm at his wake, right? And Everyone took their their bow and their you know, the bow of silence and all that. And in that moment, that that memory that he told me came into my head, and I'm sitting there trying not to laugh my ass off. You know what I mean? So that that was my inappropriate, la- uh, almost laughing experience. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, something to do with the <clears throat> with the watch. You know, I do find that um, inappropriate uh, moments of laughter are probably my favorite side effect of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
because because there'll be jokes that I don't get at the time, and then be jokes that I do get, and then you know this you know various levels of laughter in that show. I love, you know I love that show, and then you know occasionally I'll hear what was referenced in the show later, and it'll make me laugh because I'll get the joke suddenly. I understand what it means now, and that's uh, that's um, you know that's the gift that keeps on giving right there. Oh, absolutely. That that was a um, uh, mystery science theater it was a great show. Yeah. You know, they're bringing it back, right? Oh, are they? Sweet. Yeah. Is it going to be like the same way? Is it going to be like with the dudes and the droids and all that? I, As far as I know, it is. I believe Joel Hodgson is, is uh, in control of it again, and uh, uh, Jonah Ray is going to be on it of The Nerdist and uh, his other stuff that he does. Uh, Kumail, Meltdown with Kumail and Jonah, and uh, he's got one called Hidden America, I think. And uh, I think Felicia Day's got some part in it as well. Nice. It's kind of like um, that show is based kind of like on a, on, a, on a commentary, really. I mean, which all DVDs have that to where if you're like watching the movie, like you can listen to like the director or the actors making the movie, like you know, as you're watching it, and you know they explain certain things, which is pretty awesome. I you know I used to if I've been if I already seen a movie like a hundred times, I'll watch the movie again with the commentary because a lot of times it is actually funny, you know. Oh, I'm a fan of commentaries, yeah. You know, I don't know if I was before Kevin Smith movies. I don't know, or not, because, but then again, I think it might have been at the, coinciding at the same time, because, like, uh, you know, I don't remember there being, uh, like, commentaries were a real kind of collector's thing, you know? Like, maybe something that would be on a Laserdisc, I suppose, if, you know. Um, but there or, or a special edition of a video cassette. Like, for example, there was a set of... Um, at Suncoast, they had a package that was the usual suspects, and I believe it was uh, <coughs> the full film, um, perhaps in like a director's cut of it. And these are three separate videos tapes, by the way. And then then a cut with like with a commentary track on it. So you, you'd have a whole other tape cassette that had a, a commentary track instead of the original soundtrack, and then you'd, you'd watch that. And I believe it oh, came. Nice. With, yeah, and I believe it came with a collectible lighter, uh, like a flip lighter, like one of those ones that was in the film. Okay. I always try to uh, get the the collectors editions of movies when I you know when I can because there's just so much more, um, you know, with the DVD or the or, or the well they don't really make cassette tapes anymore but or you know tapes but with the the DVDs or Blu-rays I always try to get the uh, the collectors edition because they always add so much more onto the disc than just the movie you know. Absolutely, yeah. Like with. Um, uh, I think I got the uh, well, I got the 30th anniversary edition of Clerks. Um, I haven't. Uh, I don't think I've actually seen that. I don't think I've actually heard the commentary on that, but I'm sure it's pretty funny considering it's Kevin Smith. Um, I, I'm not sure that it's been 30 years. I don't, Sorry. I don't. I'm not sure that it's been 30 years. Maybe it's not. Hold. Uh, hold on a second. Because I remember getting the 10. The, the, I'm about the, to correct myself. Hold on. The, okay. <laughs> Well, the 20th is coming up at some point. It's actually the 10th anniversary edition. I am such a lying piece of shit. Oh, the one with the X on it? Yeah, Clerks, it's, it's uh, the 10th anniversary edition of uh, Clerks. It comes in a big, yeah, uh, like kind of like a thicker box, and it has um, the the actual movie, and I think the movie that they did, same thing, but it doesn't have like all the editing and stuff in it. Something like that. Sure, yeah. So there's like a longer cut. There's one with the yeah, it's a great edition. Have you had that long? Yeah, I've had it for about hmm, seven years, something like that. Yeah, it's probably been like that for me too, around there. I, I think I only, I think like, I, I got it for, uh, I think I got it in early to no, I think I got it in like '06 or something like that. I had, we had a friend uh, that we still have this friend that we we um, ended up losing a large portion portion of our uh, movie collection, uh, and then like. Our friend uh, replaced several of our Kevin Smith films uh, for Christmas one year for us. That was really nice of him. And nice. that Clerks tenth uh, tenth year edition was included in it. And it has uh, it has some great docu it has like uh, documentaries on it. Is one of them called like the Snowball Effect or something like that? Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen these or physically looked at it. Um, but yeah, that's a, have you seen that doc? Uh, no. Well, if you get a chance, it's pretty good. Also, if you get a chance, you, have you seen the um, 
think it's called it has Mayday in the title. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, but it was a documentary that Moser or, or maybe not a whole full documentary, but it was it was docu-journalism that Mo, or that that uh, Kevin Smith and Scott Moser were working on, I believe, when they were in film school. It was their film school project, and that should be included in your with your uh, with your tenth edition there. It, no, I, I've um, actually I've heard of the that the, I, I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Yeah, I've heard of it when I was watching um, on YouTube when I when I couldn't sleep. I basically uh, YouTube the making of Clerks, and they they were talking about how they hooked up in film school and and made the project. And I didn't realize like you know all the all the stuff all the shit they had to go through to make clerks you know oh sure well just to make yeah the idea of what what now is um, well it would seem relatively much easier um well faster perhaps maybe not easier you have to go through the same amount to at least do the filming but the you know after that the editing and then just getting it to the people is like the the quickest part but yeah oh, yeah i mean I think like back then, like we're talking, we're only talking like '94, but back then to become like an indies film uh, director, you know, yeah, <clears throat> it was probably a little bit more difficult than it is now, where where people could just take like a smartphone and just point yeah. and shoot and just make like you know a series of short films if that's what they were into, you know. Right. Well, I mean, there's being you know being an indie director and then there's being a successful indie director and you know one who get, where you get your stuff in front of a lot of eyes, you know. It's a yeah. like there was a remember the indie film um, movement has gone through some ups and downs and it, you know the one that started right after uh, 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 Cleopatra like wiped out. I can't remember what company that was that put out Cleopatra, but it pretty much uh, it, it sort of well, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say reset, but it, it kind of um, it caused the movie industry to kind of reevaluate what it was doing, and uh, it made way for smaller uh, smaller films, and that's how films like Easy Rider, uh, like with, with uh, Dennis Hopper and Dust, and I almost said Dustin Hoffman and uh, Pete Fon, Peter Fonda and um, Jack Nicholson, films like that got to get made because uh, Cleopatra is such a huge budget flop. <laughs> um, so that started a whole new, you know, era of independent film, even before the one in the nineties. Uh, now, are you talking about the the Cleopatra film? Um, let me see if I can't pull it up. The oh, here we go. Uh, is this the uh, the nineteen sixty three version of it? Yes, yes, it is with. Um, with, with uh, the, uh, Elizabeth Taylor, Richard Burton, Rex Harrison, and director uh, Joseph uh, L. Menkowitz. Menkowitz, yes, yes, indeed. Yes. Yeah, this is yeah, that's it. It's the um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. It won four Academy Awards, but I mean, it just it was it was. Let's see here. Well, it says here it was the highest grossing film of 1963, mm-hmm. earning. Twenty-six million dollars, which would be in uh, twenty seventeen, would be about it says here four hundred fifty-one point thirty-eight million. So it's quite a bit of money. Yet it made a loss uh, due to its production and marketing costs of forty-four million, which was equivalent to quite a bit that of money. That was a great film, by the way. It's on Netflix. Cleopatra. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just recently watched it again. Um, I remember watching it when I was a, like a like a real small child with my my mom. Uh-huh. And then just a few months ago, I saw it on Netflix and I'm like, oh, this is this is. I remember the movie like being badass, and so I rewatched it on Netflix and it it, it was a phenomenal film. I mean, it it it's long. It really betray uh, betrays the life and times of of both. Cleopatra, I think, um, Mark Anthony, of course, and uh, Caesar. And oh, yes. of course, mm. um, another another great actor is in this movie. Uh, let's see. Uh, hold on. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a few of them. I'm looking at. I just realized. <laughs> Holy yeah, crap! Go ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I'm trying to pull back up again. Cleo. Uh, damn it! It's not gonna work now. Cleopatra is. Uh, they don't say him here though for some reason. On, on are you looking at Wikipedia? No, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking on the actual Netflix. So oh, I see. Sorry. But you know who I'm talking about, right? Well, there's a few of them. Yeah, probably Roddy McDowell. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, so this was, <clears throat> I think he was like the in this movie he was like the cousin of um he was the cousin of of, of Julius Caesar. So naturally when Julius Caesar was assassinated by by the council, this guy took over and this guy was like a total dick, you know. Like going so far as using uh Caesar's name and you know, like, Mark Anthony eventually was like, you know, like, fuck this, man. I'm going to, like, take your shit. I'm going to fucking run Egypt and, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Richard Burton. Good old Richard Burton. Yeah. I uh, I have a special affection for this film because I, I uh, also, I like uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. It's one of my favorite movies. And seeing, you know, Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton together is usually pretty fun. Uh, they made, like, seven movies together or something. And I've seen, I think, three or four of them. Uh well, including the they, they did a version of the Taming of the Shrew, uh, which was pretty amusing. <laughs> sorry, um, do you ever seen Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf? I'm sorry. Have you ever seen Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf? Uh, no, I'm familiar with the title though. Yeah, there's some acting for you. That's a, that's a great movie. Uh, I mean, good lord, heavy too. Uh, music, by the way, done by the same person who did the music for Cleopatra, a composer by the name of Alex North. Uh, did some pretty good movies here. He also did uh, Spartacus and A Streetcar Named Desire, among others. So nice. So, um, President Pussy Grabber, right? Uh, I think that's President Elect Pussy Grabber, but yeah. Yes, President Elect Pussy Grabber. On a on a total, because uh, we are talking about movies. So when we talk about movies, you know, we we have to we have to acknowledge the glo- uh, Golden Globe Awards, which just recently happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The very talented Meryl Streep uh, won an award, and in her acceptance speech of this award, she was basically uh, giving uh, President-elect pussy grabber Trump a lot of of shit for what he did. And apparently, uh, President-elect pussy grabber got so pissed off by this that he jumped on Twitter and started uh, belittling her, calling her... You know, uh, she's not a great actress, and, of course, now on social media, you know, people are like, I'm not going to listen to the fake people. They suck. They have no opinions. Well, actually, they do because they're American citizens, and what I find funny is until they started, you know, speaking out against Donald Trump, everyone listened to and cared about what they had to say, you know? Uh, by they, do you mean the celebrities or the uh, foreign press, or what, what do we... Uh well, the, the the celebrities, you know, the, the the people on social media are calling the celebrities the fake people that have no opinion. Oh. And I think the reason why they're doing that is, or saying that is basically because, you know, the, the celebrities that they cared about yesterday, uh, you know, they're speaking out against their uh, disdain for Donald Trump and they're not supporting him. So these people are pissed off, you know. Yeah, I I, just want, I liked her speech. I would like to go on record and say it was a good speech. Um, oh, it was I, definitely a good. It was definitely. I'm going on record myself. I thought it was a very, uh, a very good speech, and I and I think it, I think it, uh, I, think it I, I think it hit uh, Donald Trump in the feels. You know, it, it it did piss him off because he he knows that what she said was was true. You know that he's a bully, he's a scumbag, and he should not be president of the United States. I mean, to to mock a disabled person. Is just disgusting and deplorable. I think. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, of course, he claims that's not what he was doing, and um, I, you know, I don't, I don't understand the um, just the. Uh, sorry, this makes me so unhappy. I'm trying to figure out what the hell's going on psychologically, because it just seems like there's no. No, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't even diagram it in my head. I'm chasing a rabbit around. Well. To, to, to put a psychological profile on this, right? Mm. You got to look at, I think, where our country was, let's say, even like from 2000 to 2017, right? What became popular, because, you know, we're affected by our entertainment, so to speak, right? Sure, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, people pay attention to, to you know, celebrities people pay attention to magazines so you know magazines say you know this is a particular hairstyle that you have to have you know then people get that hairstyle or you know these are the line you know a line of clothes that you should be wearing and don't fucking wear flannel shirts because they're outdated and people will make fun of you so people go out and spend money on you know on that particular brand of clothes that the magazine so happens to be saying that that's what's in so we have a 
<clears throat> we have a way about ourselves that we basically cater to our entertainment, basically. So, and in the early 2000s, that's when, like, um, reality shows started popping up, like, everywhere. Like, everyone wanted to be, like, a, um, a reality star TV, you know, TV show person, you know, person, personality or whatever, right? Sure. So, really, there's no, and, of course, the, the more these shows became popular, just like now, it's like, Everyone wants to be one. Uh, not me, because I hate reality shows. But so, with that being said, it's it's really no surprise that the you know a uh, reality star was elected president in 2016. You know? No, yeah, it's like it is literally now. America is one big reality show. Oh, absolutely, and, and I think I think it's only going to get worse. And and one of the things I, I did want to bring up is I was listening to Smodcast yesterday, right? Yeah. And uh, Kevin Smith, Scott Mosier, uh, we're, we're talking about um, Steve Martin. He's a total class act. Uh, I enjoy him, right? Sure, yeah, I like Steve Martin. And the Cinnabons, uh, you know, the, the Cinnabon uh, uh, tribute to Fisher, uh, you know, Carrie Fisher, right? Oh, okay, yeah, what about it? Well, the thing about it is, I mean, Steve Martin tweeted a post you know, basically saying that, you know, she was a smart, beautiful lady, and, you know, he just tweeted that, you know, his feelings about how it affected him with her loss, and people got pissed off at what he said, even though they shouldn't have been, so he took the whole tweet down. And I'm thinking, like, well, how come people are not getting pissed off at the Cinnabon people? I mean, even though it was a, it was a, it was an awesome tribute, but how come people are not getting pissed off at that, and they're getting pissed off at what Steve Martin said? You know what I mean? It, it just doesn't make sense. It's like things are kind of like reversing, like people getting upset for you know the um, the Starbucks cup last year not having the little snowflakes on it. So it, you know, you like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's weird. Like what things are like what people are are getting upset over nowadays, and what they're not getting upset over, and I'm and I'm pretty sure like in 2017, what people should be getting upset over, they're not going to be upset because of basically now we have a disgusting, deplorable man in the office, and people are just going to imitate whatever this man does. They're going to do so if he just basically walks around and, and you know defiles women and treats them like they're shit, then I think that people that are like that are going to have license to just basically do whatever the fuck they want to do. And I think that's not a really, uh, stable model for society as a country, to be honest. Mm. Sorry. I didn't catch that last, but you said it's not a what? I don't think it's, I don't think it's a, a, a good road for us to be going down as a nation where mm. we're, you know, right. showing our women, you know, like showing like our daughters and, and our moms and our aunts or whoever that it's okay to be little women because there's a scumbag oh. in the office. Oh, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, it's a terrible. Uh, it's a terrible message to be sending. Um, oh, absolutely. And I mean, the, I mean, 2017, I mean, I, I mean, I want to have like a, a good positive outlook for 2017. But I think 2017 is going to be a very strange, very strange time uh, to, to be here in America. You know? Yeah. Oh, it's, 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 uh, I mean, so yeah, go, go follow at Steve Martin to go on Twitter. That's what it is. Steve Martin and then T O G O. Absolutely, because the man's a fucking genius. Like, I think, like, hands down, my favorite, and to, to get back into a, a, a good spirit here, because, you know, for everyone out there listening, I mean, I think that. I think that we all need like a, a safe place right now, you know, like like you know, President Pussy Grabber has his Twitter, which should be taken away since he is the the gonna be the president unless they impeach his ass, which we can only hope. But I do think we need like a safe place to like get out of our heads for a while, and you know, everyone's always welcome to the anti-social show because you know what, this is a good place to to get away from the the bleak four years that we're looking at. So. Yeah. With that being said, I think my favorite Steve, uh, Steve Martin movie would have to be Planes, Trains, uh, what is it, Planes, Trains, and Airplanes or something like that, or Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, that's it. Yes, that's the one. <clears throat> I like it when he's, like, in, I, I like it when he, like, had to walk, like, a billion miles from his, like, you know, from the parking lot where his rent-a-car was supposed to be, and he, like, walks, like, a billion miles to the, uh, to the, uh, car rental place, and he's like, you know what, lady, Give me my fucking car right fucking now. 
And then she's like, do you have your renter's agreement? I threw yeah. it away. Well, then you are fucked. Yeah. Was that um, was was that Edie McClurg? Oh, it was. Yes. I'm sorry. I was just I was just scanning Wikipedia because I was like, I think I know who that was, and then I saw the uh, mm-hmm. on Wikipedia. There is a a diagram of the route taken by Del Griffith and Neil Page in the film. It says here it's the route taken by Del Griffin and Neil Page in the movie. Well, it says Griffith in the heading and Griffin in the thing. I think it's Griffin, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. I can't remember. Uh, in the movie, playing as an object. Summary dotted. Okay, red. Summary red dotted line. Intended. Oh, you know what? Here, let me just send it to you. That way you can see what I'm looking at. Okay. I don't know why I can't articulate this right now. I think my brain is actually dying. Your brain is actually. Well, I find that the the the, the brain, right? Sure. Is a. He's like sure. Um. <laughs> The the brain is, is a, a complete brain. Mis- is a complete mystery to a lot of people, right? But they say the more you learn, like your 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 well, your brain doesn't really necessarily expand, like you know, physically, but your mind does the more you learn, right? But I think I I know for a fact that if you're talking to someone that's fucking stupid, like your IQ just drops and and I don't think it's like a permanent thing but it's definitely like a a temporary thing where you you just you just get dummied down you know you, you think there's a transference or a uh, leeching of energy or intelligence that happens in the moment yeah I think so because it's like you're it's you're sitting there like trying to explain something intelligent to someone and they're just ref- either they don't understand what you're talking about or they're just refusing to understand the concept of what you're talking about and and they're just not they just don't want to like understand what you're fucking talking about and so that your brain your, your brain starts to hurt and you just dummy down i'm just not sure that i um i can't i have trouble uh i have trouble organizing my thoughts and putting them in words in real time as it is so it is it, it's very uh it can be very hard to express what I'm trying to try to. Well, I, so I tend to, I try to be as patient as actually, I try to be more patient than possible. <laughs> if, well, if that's all the thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, like it's not I mean, easy. There's a difference between trying to like, if you I mean like you have a thought, right. And you know, you're trying to articulate, I got your, I got your, uh, your thing, by the way, it's a, Oh, an intended route, actual flight via train, via bus, via re, uh, rent a car and via milk truck. Gotcha. Oh, so he was, uh, now, it looks like yeah, he was going to New Jersey. That's pretty sweet. Was he going to New Jersey? Yeah, I think so. I think that's the way the route looks. But anyway, I think that, you know, trying to articulate something, like, for example, there are people that are very, you know, uh, very well-spoken, very intelligent, right? Sure. But you get them in front of a crowd and they just like freeze they lock up they they can't articulate what it is that they're trying to say because of, of the the nervousness right sure you know who's really well good spoken they're well spoken by the way <clears throat> who uh good at explaining things in real time but that kind of thing uh neil degrasse tyson who neil neil degrasse astrophysicist neil degrasse tyson ah really yeah he's if you he, he answers questions on his show star talk about like galaxies and stars and physics and things and he uh and he uh is very easy to follow for for a dummy like me so that's cool well i'm actually uh not a rocket scientist myself so i mean it would be something i would definitely uh be interested in in you know actually watching especially when uh, a physicist can actually explain something to you that makes sense because in their mind it makes sense but in everyone else's mind it's almost like a different foreign language, like like you know what I mean. Sometimes, yeah. Well, it's, it can be like uh, hearing a different language, but uh, yeah, just check out there the one, the holiday one that just went past because yeah, there are some questions about Santa Claus and uh, alternate universes and physics, whether or not the physics are different in an alternate universe, things like that, and uh, so it's <laughs> fun stuff, you know. Oh, absolutely. That's pretty badass. But, you know, speaking of of alternate realities and, you mm. know, Santa Claus, I mm. think somehow we all, like, just went into an alternate universe, you know? Do you think we did? Oh, absolutely. Because think about oh, this, yeah. man. Think about this. Like, come yeah. on. Mm-hmm. President Trump? I mean, come on. Alternate fucking universe. Plus, you know, this 
imaginary war on Christmas, you know, we're all now there's no imaginary war on Christmas because we're all allowed to say Merry Christmas like we were never allowed to say it before and there's going to be a big fucking parade when Santa Claus arrives. So I think it's I think it's a definitely a um an alternate universe so to speak and how it happened, I don't know. But mm-hmm. we are definitely in some sort of like fucked up time warp. I, you know, I think Doc Brown fucked us. Yeah, I uh, I liken it to being just through the looking glass, essentially. Through the looking glass, yes. That's what it feels like to me, or at least that's the reference I usually make when I'm thinking of alternate, where I where I'm like, it just seems the world has gone suddenly just crazy or sideways. Oh, absolutely! It's like looking through like a yeah, it is like looking through the looking glass because it's it's like. I don't know, like somebody just fucking followed the rabbit down the, the, you know, the white rabbit down the little hole, and now all of a sudden, like, here we are. It's like, you know, I, I think that somebody fucked the timeline. Some, somewhere, somehow, somebody was smart enough and didn't say nothing, and they fucked the timeline. <laughs> hmm. I mean, they I want to blame the fucking Doc Brown, I want to blame fucking Barry Allen, the fucking Flash, but, you know, somebody fucked the timeline. <laughs> Somebody fucked the timeline. Somebody fucked the timeline. That That's it. I mean, someone out there should... One of our listeners should write a book about this, you know, and it should be called Somebody Fucked the Timeline and start from whatever date they want to start until 2017 where everything just got fucked up and, and fucking the timeline. So, somebody, like, fucked it without loop. That's all I'm going to you know say. What, you know what it is? Huh? We're, you know what it is? Do I know what one is? We are actually, we are in Back to the Future 2 without all the cool futuristic stuff. Or oh, least, well, yeah, no. absolutely, absolutely. We are, because, uh, what was it, like 2015 they went back? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Cubs won the World Series a year later, by the way. <laughs> they had already won the World Series in the... Uh, <clears throat> In the in the uh, Back to the Future film, but uh, so they're just like a year off there. But other than that, it's like you remember alternate universe Biff? Oh, absolutely. He was like a Donald Trump looking guy. Exactly, exactly. But you know, we're not the first ones to to come up with this. No, I mean so, that's absolutely that's. I mean, you saw like um, like when he when he came like back, um. Or when he went back into the future, or whenever it was, and and he was in Pleasant, was it Pleasant Valley or whatever it was? The whole town uh, was in chaos because yeah. basically alternate reality Biff basically controlled everything. So I mean, we are definitely like seeing like alternate reality because now fucking Trump is the the president of the United States, and and, and pretty soon, you know, the, the White House is going to look like some, like, vulgar, fucking gold, disgusting-looking thing and that nobody wants to look at, and the, the word Trump is going to be on the front of it. It's, uh, yeah, probably. It's, like, it's going to be, it's going to be horrendous. But, you know, it, it's a, it also might not be. Who knows? Maybe it'll be over before it's too long. Like maybe maybe the legal system will finally catch up and and stuff will move, will uh roll will roll the way it's supposed to be and uh, <laughs> I I just I God you know I hate politics. <laughs> He's like I hate politics. Yeah, I mean I I'm not really really a big fan of politics either, but I I, I try to um, keep up on it because it does affect our everyday happenings if you happen to you know vote wrong you know sure yeah that's amazing that's going on you know steve martin is taking pictures of uh food is he yeah well i'm a fan of that though i i I think it's fine to take pictures of food if you got a nice looking plate or you got something to say about it um if you check his his twitter feed right now he's uh got a, a tweet on the 25th of december 2016 says, I highly recommend our family's traditional Christmas dinner, grilled cheese and tomato soup. Huh. And it's got a picture, an aerial view, as it were, of a white plate with a uh, small white cup of soup on it, a silver spoon, and two pieces of what looks like toast, but it's just because it's... The, nope, if you look really closely, you can tell it is, in fact, a very uh, whole grain with additional seeds-looking uh, bread that must contain the cheese. Actually, I'm looking uh, at the same post you are, and it looks like it looks awesome. Like I'm getting hungry, like just right now looking at it. 
Yeah. So that's the uh, that's one of the ones on his uh, his his uh, his account there. And also, I, I can see since I'm using the PC on the left side of the screen, it's got more recent images, and it's all kind of aerial shots of either food or there's like, what is that? That looks like a. Um, it is a Apple Watch charger. Hmm. It was oh he's got is <laughs> on the first of December he's got, I guess it's an Apple Watch charger right, mm-hmm. and then there's a package of Kleenex on it uh, like a like an individually wrapped one out of like uh, I don't know how many are in a package but like in a plastic small plastic package of Kleenex bright yellow, sort of sitting on top of it like laying on half of it and it says feeling pretty stupid right now. Apple Watch charger clearly labeled not to charge convenient pocket Kleenex. <laughs> yeah, that's well, that's Steve Martin for you. That's hilarious. Absolutely. I mean, the man is a genius. He's uh, yeah. I like that he goes. He does all sorts of different jokes. Like, I mean, there's one from uh, December 27th. Uh, he, he doesn't do a lot of uh, tweets apparently, uh, or maybe he's got rid of a bunch. I don't know. I haven't been following that closely, but. It could be just as something something simple as saying the drone I just bought on Amazon was delivered by drone. Oh yeah, I'm looking. I just passed that one. Yeah, it's just it's just silly. Dear uh, you know, Satan, thank you for not putting on off switches or uh, reboot buttons on modems. Uh, <laughs> there you go. And then just further up a little bit, it looks like he's performing with uh, um, Edie Raquel. Uh, from Edie Brickell and New Bohemians, and he's playing um, he's playing banjo, which of course I, he's been doing for a long time. So I might have to go back and look at that later. Ah, uh, yes, I see it uh, with Steep Canyon uh, Rangers. Oh, is that what they're called? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like a, I like a good I like a good banjo performance. Oh, absolutely. Uh, like I thought we were going to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Actually, that famous little that famous little pluck. I mean, I don't know if they they wrote it for that, but one of the places you can hear that little that little famous banjo pluck is from Deliverance. Oh yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, I think. Well, I think it was. I mean, I'm sure it was based on like an older folk song or something that they just. Uh, but it's uh, oh you know I'm not sure about that it's it's I forget that uh, sometimes that what was that movie 1973 uh let's see Deliverance I think it might be because Burt Reynolds was like mad young in that movie yeah mad young I got it right Ooh. here Ooh. 72 oh 72 so yeah so yeah like so that's I think that could be part of my uh, my uh, I have a blind spot where it's like I don't normally have a blind spot, but like uh, I'm usually pretty aware that stuff existed before I was born. Oh, <laughs> As you, absolutely. Then, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but so it's like when you said that. Uh, so when we were talking about that piece of music. I have actually no reason to believe that it was an older folk song because, it, or it could have been. It could have been written for the film. It's just it's one of those things that occurred right outside. Like there's a zone right that's really close to around the time I was born that I don't pay too much attention to because I usually pay attention to stuff five to fifty years before that. Yeah. So there's a little little area around where I'm like, oh, I don't know, I don't know what happened in there. Yeah, somewhere between also, like I was born in '74, but my blind spot is somewhere between 19, I think probably '69 and oh '77. So like after it's after. Like just before Star Wars, basically. So, or so like life didn't really start coming into focus until that year. Also, because my brother was born that year too, so that, that was a big deal. Uh, well, the only but thing like, that really yeah, happened in 1969 was people were still having orgies and dropping acid. <laughs> uh, well, it was pre-AIDS, at any rate. Yeah. Oh, so Ed O'Neill was in that movie. Holy crap! He was in. He was in. Uh, he, Deliverance. Okay, so what I should do... Yep, John White was in it, Burt Reynolds, Ned Beatty, which, by the way, uh, he also played on the Roseanne show as Dan Connor's father. Uh, Ronnie Cox. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed Ramey. Mm-hmm. Billy Redden. Uh, Randall Deal. 
Yeah, there was quite there was quite a few people. Uh, the director was John Borman, written oh, by yeah. James Dickey and James. Well, yeah, James Dickey. I think I have seen a few John Borman movies. Uh, I've seen more than one. I know that. Um, I've seen Deliverance. It was a long time ago, and I only saw it the one time. That movie was fucked up, man. I tell you. But it did win. Yeah. Um, it was nominated for three Oscars, another two wins, and ten nominations. Wow. Okay. That's, that's quite a few. Okay, so let's see here. I'm looking at movies. Uh, I have I have heard of a few of them, of John Borman's movies. I have seen two of them, and I have uh, almost seen three. And then there's a couple others that I, I, I would see. Like, uh, he made one called The Emerald Forest that I never saw, but I am very familiar with when it came out, because it was kind of a big deal for some reason when it came out. Uh, he did Zardoz, which I never saw. I never saw that one either. I mean, I think that's that was, by, by this particular director. I'm, I think I'm fairly yeah. certain that Deliverance was probably the only one I did see. Yeah, the only other one I did see was Excalibur. I finally <clears> saw Excalibur. I saw it last year, though, for the first time, and I know like a lot of people had seen it many times since, because it came out in like, 1981 or something, 80 or 81. Was it a good movie? Excalibur? Yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's a King Arthur story. If you like that, it's it's certainly uh, entertaining for that. It is bizarre, I'll tell you. That it is it is uh, it's it's very dreamlike, but not like in a sense like that. There's like weird, you know, it's not like Pee Wee Herman's describing his dream of like giant rolling a giant donut, you know, and a lizard wearing a vest or whatever it is from <laughs> Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Not that kind of dream, right, you right. know, not like a, you know, but like it just feels very. Uh, very dreamlike. Um, Helen Mirren is in it, looking fine as uh, Morgana Fay. It's got it's got Patrick Stewart in it. It's got Gabriel Byrne. It's got uh, you know, it's all these actors uh, in you know the, the before they were big big stars, but they're still you know pretty pretty you know celebrity worthy celebrity. Worthy. I don't know what the what the. Hmm. Would you say you're? Would you say it's a good recommendation for someone to watch? To our audience, yes. If you're, you know, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to small children. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. It, I'm definitely gonna, I'm definitely gonna watch it because now you, you've uh, intrigued me because I like, I like weird shit like that, like weird movies, you know, like um, another yeah. weird movie, um, would have to be this. I mean, like very fucking strange, but very good too, by the way. I mean, it's another '80s movie. It was called. Um, have you ever seen the movie uh, the, the, the Creepies? No, the Creepies, no. Sorry, I, the Spookies. Oh, uh, maybe. You know, it's funny. You said the Creepies, I'm like, probably not. And you say the Spookies, I'm like, oh, maybe. Yeah, definitely <laughs> but, a, a weird, another weird movie that I'm recommending for our audience because it, the, the entire movie is uh, free on YouTube. Spookies. It's The Spookies? Yep, The Spookies. Oh, oh from 1986? Uh, yeah. Okay, I have not seen it. I have seen the poster. I'm looking at the poster now, and I've definitely seen that before, but I have not seen. I don't believe I've seen the movie. So that'd be. So that's. I'll, I'll have to look into that. Yes, that is I'm my. To see that is my tonight's uh, recommendation for the audience to uh, sit down, eat some popcorn, and just watch a very fucked up movie. There is one scene I will give away though. There, it's basically about a bunch of people. To give you like a brief synopsis, it's a bunch of people looking for a party because they got thrown out of one party, right? So they're they're following this guy who's just driving around. He has no fucking clue to where he's going, but he's telling everyone he does. And they, they find this abandoned haunted house, or you know, they don't know it's haunted yet, but that's pretty much where they, they go to take the party, so and that's when all this like weird shit starts happening to him. And and there's one guy I feel bad for because he becomes separated from everybody else and he um he basically finds like this Asian woman She's like, I know where your friends are. You come with me. So he follows her, and she turns out to be like this fucking like gigantic fucking spider that just sucks his body dry. Oh, holy shit! That sounds like wicked. City. It was actually pretty fucked up. And, and I mean, it. This is. I mean, it shouldn't be funny, but it is funny because like he gets backed up into a uh, a gigantic spider web, and he can't move. And then this woman's like, she starts to like transform, and he's like, ah like that it was just like the look on this man's face i mean even though it was like pure terror it was still like some funny fucking shit <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, it sounds funny. I'll have to, I might have to, so I, uh, an update for you about, so Excalibur is not, first of all, Excalibur is not, uh, is unfortunately not available on streaming right now, so you might have to wait a while before you can see that, um, unless you find a cheap copy of it on uh, DVD or something. Oh, I would um, suggest Amazon to everybody if they, they're looking to, like, buy a cheap copy. Right. Oh, speaking of that, so Amazon, um, <clears throat> I did another update for you. I started watching Rats Night of Terror. Oh, did you? Yeah, I watched. I started watching it on Amazon a few, oh, I don't know, it was about a week ago, I think, something like that. And I got probably about oh, 20 minutes or so into it, maybe 20 or 30 minutes. Um, and I thought it was pretty fun, and then I stopped watching it because it was late and I needed to go to bed, and then I was going to come back. And it's not available on Amazon Streaming anymore, so I have to wait until it comes back on Amazon Streaming before I can finish watching it. Yeah, yeah, definitely finish watching that, man, because that was definitely, like, uh, the... I'm hoping that the one on Amazon, because I used to have it on DVD, so I'm hoping the the Amazon version has the um, the the twist ending because it, it's oh my god, man, it was fucking it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I yeah I tried and then I I should have I feel like I should have powered through it now, but oh, oh well I guess I will get to finish it eventually. Uh, I thought it was you know entertaining, so oh absolutely, it's, it's yeah. like I said, it's one of those. Um, it's one of those post-apocalyptic movies that, like, definitely, uh, well, for back in the 80s, was actually pretty cool. And it was done by the Italians, so it was, and it was right in that little, um, it was right during that time when, like, they made uh, the movie Demons and Demons 2, which were very strong sure. horror movies, I thought. It was, for them, like, for it being, I mean, you know, I mean, they dubbed it over, obviously, like, you know it's dubbed over, because they're they're really speaking Italian and they're not speaking English, but... Um, the, the, if you want to see something gory and something like, you know, like on the edge of your seat and something that's going to give you a heart attack, definitely those two movies. And of course, Rats Night of Terror. I mean, it's, it's, it's not really a scary movie, I don't think, but it's definitely one of those cool, like futuristic movies, um, with a really cool twist. I'm not going to give away the, the, the twist ending, but it's definitely fucking worth it. Okay, well that's good. Yeah, I look forward to seeing that eventually. Oh, and also Dueling Banjos, right? Mm-hmm. It was a, it's an instrumental composition by Arthur Guitar Boogie Smith. It's Arthur Smith, whose nickname is Guitar Boogie. The song was composed in 1955. Uh, oh, okay. So there you go. Um, um, it, okay, the song was composed in 1955 by Smith as a banjo instrumental he called Feudin banjos, like feuding, but with an apostrophe end, which contain riffs from Yankee Doodle. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Oh, okay, Smith, yeah, 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 yeah. Smith recorded it playing a four-string plectrum banjo. Banjo. <laughs> shut up, banjo. Banjo. Uh, recorded it play, playing a four-string plectrum banjo and accompanied by five-string bluegrass banjo player Don Reno. The composition's first wide-scale airing was on a 1963 television episode of the Andy Griffith Show called Briscoe Declares for Aunt B, in which it is played by a visiting musical family, the Darlings, played by the Dillards, a bluegrass group. That was a good show. It was made famous. The uh, Andy Griffith mm -hmm. Show? That's currently on Amazon. I don't know that I ever watched it that closely. I mean, it was on... In, I remember being uh, on in houses where I was small... Uh, on TV, uh, but I don't recall ever. Uh, I think somebody pointed out to me that that uh, God, this was a long time ago. That that uh, Richie Cunningham was on it. Richie Cunningham, yeah, yeah, he was actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that would have been the context at the time because he hadn't started. Uh, well, he certainly had by that time directed a couple movies, but I think he I think he was up to gung ho at that point with Michael Caton. I think that was what what uh, is that long ago. So there you go. Well, you were you were born in like 1974, so you mm -hmm. were you were born in a time when um when you know like for example like people were getting into like you know like Star Wars for example you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. <clears throat> so yeah. you definitely were born in, in in a time when like like a lot of interesting like franchises were starting to be made. You know, not necessarily. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, the Andy Griffin show is is obviously before both of our times. You know. Um, yeah, wasn't it? I mean, it was uh, pretty... Uh, I mean, it certainly was in reruns by the time I was yeah. seeing it. Uh, but yeah, it's available for viewing on the things. So let's see, really quick here. i got Spookies, and then i got Andy Griffith's show. Let's look it up here. Uh, 
1960. Uh, the Andy Griffin Show is an American sitcom which aired on CBS from October 3rd, 1960 to April 1st, 1968, with a total of 241 yeah. and a half hour episodes. Uh, so, so basically, I mean, it had eight seasons. Yeah. So definitely, they were definitely reruns by the time you were born, my friend. <laughs> yeah. So certainly. So yeah, there was a. Uh, there was, uh, so let's see, that was, so I think I mean, that might have been one of my first memories where I understood that there was, like, acting and that a certain amount of time had gone by. Like, I think there was, this was coinciding, coinciding around the same time that I was seeing just a couple of, you know, episodes of Dovey Gillis on reruns, and it was pointed out to me that, or that, 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 uh, um, John Denver, John Denver, pointed out to me that Bob Denver was on that and I had seen Gilligan's Island by that point in color so I was looking at even though the first season of Gilligan's Island was black and white uh, they were colored by the time I saw them oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the, like, so I was seeing the same guy as Gilligan in black and white with like like a, like a goatee or a little little beard thing going on basically being the model for Shaggy from Scooby-Doo essentially <laughs> I mean, that's essentially what he is. He's uh, um, uh, Maynard Krebs is, you know, Shaggy is kind of based on him. Oh, is it? Oh, that yeah. Was, so, that was a totally so, yeah, badass yeah. cartoon growing up watching the uh, Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a guy on Twitter who follows me uh, at the Scooby-Doom who is a big Scooby-Doo fan. And he and a guy, uh, you remember, um, do, you, do you know who at Fitzman73 is on Twitter? I do not. He is, uh, he's a Tell Him Steve Dave fan. He has a podcast called Just Jump to the End that he does with his sister, and he does one called, um, called The Nerd Blitz with Doom and Fitz. And they, uh, well, I've listened to like the first, I don't know, three to five episodes, somewhere in there, probably more like five. Um, and they talk a lot about Scooby Doo. But Fitzman was doing um, blogging essentially with the Tell Him Steve Dave um, crowd for the, well, I don't know if it's for, I'm not sure exactly. It was like a, it's like he was he was I don't know, I don't know to call him the historian of the show or whatnot mm-hmm. or but we, we interviewed him on uh, one of the um, the uh, Spawn Squad pods back oh, in the sweet. day. Had him on the program and I, I thanked him for doing the stuff that he did because it was it's you know he was, he was keeping track of it in some kind of digital form. He's archiving information. I I can't I can't Need really to, uh, it, possibly I, bring him on this show. It was a long time ago. That'd be interesting. Yeah, it would be probably I mean, get him sure. For our listeners who have been, you know, following us, I mean, we've we've had, well, technically two guests. Unfortunately, uh, the first guest we had was for our Halloween episode, which we now dub the uh, the Lost episode, because unfortunately, for as fun and awesome as that show was as, as it was, we for some reason it did not record. So I feel bad for that. So our second guest, of course, which did actually record, was uh, Kat Sorens from Strange Time Show. So it would be nice to have another another guest. I mean, uh, you'd be surprised, like, how many people are actually afraid to come on a podcast. I mean, even though it's not live by any means, but they're still kind of like, oh, I don't know about all that. I mean, that's why I think a podcast works if, if you're kind of like... I don't know, afraid to talk to a live audience. I mean, it, it definitely does help knowing the fact that it's not live. And if you fuck up, you can definitely edit that shit out, you know. And and I fuck up all the time, and you, you never know about it because basically, thanks to Tyson's great editing skills, he just edits it out, so it goes away. Too bad we can't edit. It's like it never happens. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. That would be nice. Yeah, no kidding. So try to go for that one again because I, I talked over it and I can tell that it screwed up the recording of the sound. So say that oh, last bit again. Too bad we can't edit Trump away because that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, one of the one of the advantages of of doing a non live pod, <clears throat> you know, a non live show podcast, is that if you if you fuck up and say you know say something like and this could be left in of course but if you say something like snargle pants you know like i have you know blue blau snargle pants and then you say well why the fuck did i say that it could be edited out so i mean that that's the beauty part about it if you fuck up and you fuck up on a continuous basis you know you just edit it out it goes away like magic poof you know like kind of like gila point said you know he disappeared by the way gila point is from tosca 
Oh, is that his name? Gila Point? Mm, jo- uh, yeah, Johnny Depp's character from uh, Tusk is uh, Gila Point, who's uh, he's an inspector from Quebec who got fired, basically, because he basically said that Howard Howe was making a monster. Howard Howe? I haven't seen him. Yeah, basically... Um, uh, you know... Michael Parks, is it? Yeah, Michael Parks, his character in um, in Tusk, his name is Howard Howe, and he's just like this crazy old bastard that, that just wants to put dudes in a walrus suit because apparently he was um, he was rescued uh, by a walrus, and so I'm not going to say anything else in case our, you know, you haven't seen it, or in case any of our, our listeners haven't, you know, seen the movie, but it's definitely worth the watch because... There's some really funny parts of it, and there's some really fucking sad parts. I think like the, the I think like the saddest part of this whole movie is gonna be at the end, and the reason why it's sad because it also they they play like this really sad sad song, and it just like it it'll make you cry. That's all I'm gonna say. Well, with Tusk in Tusk, it will oh, make you cry. Like the 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 very end of the of the movie. Um, and like I said, I don't want to give it away, but at the end the main character has like this realization like he has like this crystal clear like realization and that's when they play like the sad song you know the the sad song to this when it's going out into closing credits and that's the part that will that will bring a tear to your eye because it's it's it is very sad um, unless you're a cold okay. ambassador well, don't give a shit but no i'm really not i mean if i'd like to uh, just for a moment reference our uh, show what was it? Was it number three? Uh, what? Episode three of our anti-social show, I think it's called Crying Oh, yeah, in yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that's, uh, so, yeah, uh, I don't know. Well, I mean... I respond to, I, I certainly respond to things emotionally at, at times, so it's it's not gonna, I mean, I'm looking at it, and it's on Amazon Prime, so... I may just have to watch I think, this thing uh, yeah, definitely, and get it over with. Definitely watch it, because, um... Yoga Hosers is now available for streaming, and you can't watch one without the other, so you have to definitely watch Tusk first to understand, because there is a few um, connections between the movies. I mean, it's not like the Tusk sequel by no means, but... Um, no, no, same yeah, universe, It's in the right? same universe, it's in the, basically the same town, uh, with a couple of uh, the actors reprising their role, like, for example, Johnny Depp reprises his role as Gila Point. Um, you got the two Colleens, which is uh, one is played by Johnny Depp's daughter. The other one is uh, Harley Quinn Smith. They're the convenience store girls that yeah. you will meet in Tusk, and uh, basically Yoga Hosers is now basically centered around them. So they're reprising their roles in the same convenience store, actually. So it's, you, you got to watch Tusk first to understand where Yoga Hosers is coming from. But it's definitely worth the watch to watch Tusk. All right. Well, I suppose I'll be looking uh, looking at that then some point here but uh oh before we close out i mean definitely, I guess. Um, definitely for our listeners you know definitely go out there and watch the movie because uncle hunter doesn't lie when uncle hunter says it's a good movie it is a good movie you heard it here folks so uh okay. any closing remarks tyson anything you're working on that you want the uh the listeners to uh check out anything am i working on well you know if you haven't heard last week's show yet do that that'd be great um <clears throat> put a little extra production work into it and i'm i'm actually working some on something for uh, oh shoot you know what it wouldn't be last week's show it would be the week before last week's show by now so let's see I'm uh, oh, fuck it's in the future in the past right now I can't even I'm trying to uh, contextualize it I'm having a lot of trouble with that oh um oh I just I just figured out what our least listened to episode was is it's episode seven yeah for some reason just people just are not listening to episode seven and uh, we it's when we started our um, bill murray conversation oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, also yeah. and also jason Voorhees. we kind of started with that episode and then continued into the uh next episode which is called without pointing that one has actually quite a few uh listener listens nice. it's weird everyone well, it, get out yeah. there and listen to episode seven that's that's your homework assignment and i will be grading you also um Join us on um, join us on Instagram. Um, join us on uh, Twitter and uh, stop by and join the uh, check us out on Facebook. It's uh, just the anti-social show. Check us out. Drop us a drop us a line. Anything you want us to talk about on the show, we will definitely mm-hmm. do that. And if you want to join us, that's fine too. Let us know and we will work you in. Hashtag Potter and Family. Yes. 
Thanks for listening, people. I appreciate it. Thank you for uh, joining us uh, for another episode, and we will catch you later. Remember, be decent to each other. Have a good time, folks. 